Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I was a corporate flight attendant for six years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. Thank you so much for all the ratings on Spotify. That is so awesome. I am still looking for that little legitimacy star on Apple Podcasts, and I'm at 27 ratings and reviews on Apple. So please add a five-star review to help me complete my goal. I think the legitimacy star happens around 31 to 32 ratings and reviews. So please help me get there because this is how people find the podcast and this is how I keep growing the podcast. So appreciate that. Today is story time. (laughs) I'm spilling the beans about three corporate flight attendant disasters. All of them are mine. And I'm ending with a Kevin Spacey story, which I usually don't drop names of celebrities, but I looked at the agreement the confidentiality agreement and it's expired. And I don't think, you know, you'll hear, I think what I'm about to say is safe. So let's get started. Okay. So the first two incidents happened in Hawaii, separate trips. So let's talk about the first trip. Oh God. Okay. So I started contracting for this company who had I didn't know until I started contracting that they did not have the best reputation with their full-time lead flight attendants. I knew three of them. They kept going through them like water. I found out, long story short, that they were making these very experienced flight attendants work for no money, fly 28 days a month, and just really work them like slaves. And everyone just kept quitting one after the other. And I've talked about this, that If you are new to the business and this is your first job and you commit in your head and you say, you know what, I'm new to this job. I want a ton of international experience. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to pay my dues for two years and I'm 25 years old or I'm 35 years old. I have tons of energy and I'm just going to fly my ass off for two years and get the experience and get all the visas. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. But if you were looking at this company as a long-term thing, it really wasn't because they were just running lead flight attendants into the ground. So anyway, saying all that, I step onto the plane. We're going to Hawaii. I believe the plane went from Teterboro to Hawaii. Can't remember. I may have met the plane somewhere. Again, it's it's just been a little bit of a long time. So I get onto the to the jet and the captain says to me within probably 30 seconds of being on that jet that he doesn't like contractors. <laughs> he doesn't like contract FAs. He only likes the lead full-time FAs. Uh, long story short, he was old. Sorry, I'm not trying to be an ageist, but if you're 72 and you're still flying and you're a jerk, I'm going to call you old. And he was rude. My energy just didn't do well with his from the first 30 seconds of meeting him. As you guys know, I'm big into energy and intuition and I just, yeah, it just wasn't my thing. So anyway, on that particular trip, that captain who was a dinosaur was training a new pilot and this guy was probably around 35 years old and the guy had a weird personality. Have you ever met those people that, let's say I was walking 
and I fell flat on my face and it looked like I could have really hurt myself, the first instinct of that person would be to laugh their ass off instead of doing the right thing and being empathetic and asking first if I'm okay. That's the type of personality he had. And I had a roommate like that years ago where just things that were just nasty and mean made him laugh. I guess he just had a mean streak in him. That was this guy. So this new pilot besides that was also nervous because it was his first flight with the company or first trip with the company. And I believe the captain was making him nervous from everything I pieced together now. I think the captain was working with him for a couple hours before I came and I think kind of freaked the guy out because he was acting weird. I really don't remember much about the actual flight. And then we spent a few days in Hawaii. So we landed, we may have spent five days in Hawaii. I just was not vibing with their energy at all. And again, I don't know if it was because the new pilot was being trained and he was so nervous. And then the captain was an asshole from the second I stepped on the plane that I just didn't want to be in that energy field, which was a smart idea. And I know that I have talked extensively about you try to put the effort forward and you do the crew dinners every night But there are exceptions to the rule. This is one exception. If the captain is setting this precedence where he's just a jerk and he's not even trying to be nice to you, why would you even waste your time? Just do your own thing. If it's that extreme, just do your own thing or you get the intuition that it's going to be that extreme, do your own thing. What I did was I tried just one more time and I went to dinner. I believe it was the first night we were on the ground. I want to say that anyone who serves our country in the military is honorable and amazing and brave. And I am in such gratitude for you and your service. So please understand that. I myself could never ever serve in the military because I don't have the balls and um, I don't have the discipline and I put people who serve in the military on a pedestal. So please understand that. This guy, we went out to dinner. Again, it was me, the captain and the new pilot. And the captain talked about his war stories for two hours straight if anyone tried to get in a word edgewise, he would just talk over you. So it was like we weren't even there. He was just talking at us. He wasn't talking with us. It was the craziest shit I've, some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. Some of the stories were really personal and graphic about war, about Vietnam. You know what I mean? So it was just a really uncomfortable dinner and situation. And I remember the new pilot just kept nodding and I was just, oh my God, when the hell is this going to be over? I should have made an excuse and left, but I was, I was trying to do, you know, quote unquote, the right thing. After that happened, I did not do any sort of dinner or interaction with either of them the entire time. The next time I saw them was when we were (laughs) departing. I will say something that happened when we were on the ground is the guy was a jerk to me. So I had a question and I was not going over his head. I would never, ever, 
ever go over a captain's head, but it was something about the trip where I needed an answer. And I feel like it was something strange where the passenger may have texted me or something, but I CC'd the captain on it and I had to ask dispatch. The captain took it as I was going over his head purposely, apparently behind the scenes, he threw a fit. At that point, I was just whatever. I mean, at that point, there was just nothing I could do. So I just left him alone. I remember actually on the ground, it was a really fun trip for me. (laughs) I had been able to hang out with someone and we went to bars and it was cool. Someone who wasn't part of the crew and that was really fun. And I remember... I did something in the spa and then I also did yoga on the beach in Kona. So it was actually a really good trip (laughs) on the ground. And here's where the disaster comes in. And I know I did an episode where I had my worst trip and I wouldn't qualify this as my worst trip because I did, I was able to get space from these pilots and I did have a good time. Whereas in the episode on my worst trip, I really couldn't get away from any of it. So that was really tough for me. But this one actually, from the standpoint of being on the ground and having a vacation in Hawaii, it was actually really good. So then it's the day of departure. We're returning to home base. And (laughs) oh God, the catering order conveniently gets fucked up. Now let's talk about Hawaii catering orders. They're a huge pain in the ass. First of all, Most of the time, the caterers are on the other side of the island. So if there's a mistake, you're screwed. They are not returning to fix it. You cannot bring in any food, especially fruit and vegetables from other islands. So you can't save anything or from the mainland. You have to order everything fresh all the time. Everything must be thrown out the agriculture police basically comes on and does a thorough inspection of the plane and you have to fill out documents and the whole thing. So you have to make sure you do it. You can't be hiding anything. The reason they do this is to keep strict agricultural rules. That's what they say. But the real reason is money because each island's catering company or companies then make money. So it's actually smart in regard to generating revenue for that island. So I see why they do it. I order the catering days before. It's there when I get to the FBO and I go down my checklist and conveniently it's missing the captain's lunch and dinner. And I believe we were going all the way from Hawaii back to New York. And I called up the caterer who swore up, down and sideways he delivered it personally and that he double checked it not only at the catering site, but he also double checked it when he got to the FBO. And he said, I have checked this order two to three times. Everything was there. He said, I'm sorry, I'm too far away to fix it. I can't come back. Then I said to myself, okay, maybe the FBO workers took it but I find it weird that they would take the captain's lunch and dinner, not not the co-pilots, not the new pilots, but just the captains. And I also think that if the FBO was known for stealing food, let's say they had a worker that just loved to steal catering, then that would be addressed very quickly and it would have been a repeat event. 
So now looking back, I truly think that there's a small possibility that the captain purposely sabotaged me because again, it was too convenient that it was only his food that was touched. I remember he had ordered some type of special soup and some type of special salad, but it was something strange. Like it wasn't a Caesar salad and a chicken soup. So I couldn't replace it. And I had to tell him and he just basically grunted at me and okay, I cannot make this up. What happened next? I told the new pilot and he started on my mother's mausoleum grave, no lie, started laughing and whistling. Like he thought it was so funny. I don't even know. I still have no words for that because why would you do that to a crew member? It was so weird, you guys. The the energy was so weird and I got pissed. At that point, I was pissed. This is the first time, yes, on my worst trip, I was pissed, but this was the first time I was openly pissed in front of the <laughs> the two pilots. Like I was, at this point I was getting really angry and I had to calm myself down, but I was fuming. I, I settled myself down. I don't know what I did. I probably walked around, blah, blah, blah. There's probably swearing in my head and the whole thing. Anyway, I couldn't fix the situation because the pilot had a specific order. Of course he did. So I gave up my food. So basically I starved myself <laughs> 13 hours or something. I think I ate something small, but the whole point is it's it's just strange. I still to this day think he sabotaged me because he don't like me. It does happen. I have not done an episode on being sabotaged. I have only had it happen to me one other time where I felt like I was sabotaged by a flight attendant. And I've heard in the industry with the, how do you put it nicely, lower ranking flight attendants, they will try to sabotage each other that I had never had experience with until there was this one trip, but she didn't get away with it. So it all ended up fine. Long story short, this is just pure coincidence. A few months ago, I met someone who worked at the company that this captain and new pilot worked at. And he confirmed that both of these people are horrible human beings who no one can stand at the company. Again, it wasn't in my head. Just like I said, in my worst trip, it was not me. Like I'm not perfect at all. And I'm sure in that situation, I was probably outwardly fuming. I mean, I wasn't swearing at anyone or anything, but they could tell I was pissed at that point. Like they could tell, like I was done with trying to keep a nice smile on my face and be this perfect little tiny little female flight attendant. And I was done, like the gloves were off. And I don't remember much about the trip home at all. I think I really hardly talked to him. I served them some food and I was just like, go fuck yourself. Like I I don't want anything to do with you guys after this trip. And that was about it. (laughs) It was a shitty situation. It was a disaster. And I had to roll with it for hours as we flew home. I mean, I just stayed out of the cockpit, as I said. And this company also went through flight attendants like water. So I know it wasn't all me. You know, it wasn't all my fault. It wasn't really my fault at all. But yeah, the fact that I showed, lost my cool a little bit. Yeah, was that a little bit me? Yeah. But what are you going to do at that point? Because a person can only take so much. And I don't think I worked for that company again. Because I just said, I can't, 
be on a trip with someone who acts like this with two pilots. Now I will say I did fly with two other pilots from that company, I think a couple trips or at least a long trip, many trips before that one. And they were phenomenal. These guys were awesome. I would fly with them every day, all day long, great personalities, nicest people would help you at the drop of a hat. So I, again, this is just what happens, right? And I just want to say that sometimes these things happen and you just have to roll with it. You may be angry, you may be fuming, you may be upset, and you may have a 13-hour flight that you just have to deal with. And you just have to let it go somehow and get the job done. And that's what I was able to do. All right. Story number two, again, happened in Hawaii. I don't know what's with me in Hawaii. We picked up a major movie producer and his family from Maui. I believe it was Maui. Trust me, you would know the guy's name if I said it. He was on his laptop the whole time. Um, His family was classless. Money does not equal class, in case you didn't know. I found them trashy and weird. They were this interesting combination, I have to say, of trashy and weird. And they wanted to engage with me too much. It was just so strange. I'm in the galley. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This plane had a back galley, so I couldn't get away from them. So they didn't have a front galley where I could close the cabin uh, door. Instead, it was a back galley on a G4. Couldn't, I think it was a G4. Yeah, couldn't get away from them. Imagine I'm trying to prepare all the food and do all that. And they're asking me just really weird and dumb questions. Almost like, have you ever met those people? And I apologize if you are that person. And if you are, please learn from what I'm about to say. Have you ever met those people that you're in a foreign country you get into a taxi and they're like, oh, what's the population here? And and uh, what's the most popular uh, dinner spot in town? And what's the weather like? And I mean, how is the taxi driver supposed to know? Why don't you research it and Google it instead of harassing a taxi driver, right? I always find that so weird. I'd have pilots sometimes do that. And I'm just sitting there going, really? They're just your chauffeurs for 20 minutes. They're not here to engage in your every whim and know every fact about the country or the city you're in. I find that so strange when people do that. But anyway, okay, now I'm lost. Oh, so these people were acting like that. But for a long time, they were asking me, all about the business and coming up and asking me about my job and where I'm from. And I'm just, ugh, I didn't, (laughs) I was getting so annoyed. And this is why I like flying with business people because we don't talk. There's no talking. So these people were just weird. They were standing up. They were moving around the plane constantly. It was packed. The plane was full. They're just asking me questions over and over. I can hardly move to serve them. I can't remember exactly, but I feel like we picked some of them up in one island and then stopped in another island to pick up more people. I think that's what happened. And it took forever with the agricultural inspection and the new catering to come on. Because remember, as I said, from that original island, we had to throw all of that off. And then, and yeah, you're, you're asking me, well, then why did you order from that original island? Because we were told to and we had to in case these people wanted a piece of fruit in five minutes or <laughs> so. And we had to throw all that off. And then we had the new catering come on. But 
It was just, it was taking a while. The producer asked me what was taking so long and I started to quickly explain and he just turned away from me and started typing on his laptop. He was rude. He was weird. That's fine. Then in the midst of all this, the plane's air conditioning broke down because the dumbass producer decided to get a deal on a private jet. (laughs) You guys, I'm going to give this to you just so everyone knows. Anytime the client gets a sweet deal chartering or renting a private jet, and that means if you guys want to go out and, you know, let's say you live in New York and you have the money and uh, you have enough money to charter a small plane or a helicopter or two-seater plane or whatever it is to Martha's Vineyard and you're going to get a deal, hell no, do not do that. That means that something ain't right with that plane. And I'm not saying so much safety-wise, but other things like the air conditioning may not work, the heat may not work, or other things. So the producer bitched at the pilots, and the pilots had to call dispatch. I remember the captain calling dispatch. We're in the second island, and I remember the packs were sitting on the outside steps cooling off. And it was bad, but I was kind of laughing in my head because it was (laughs) karma's a bitch, right? Anyway, the captain was fuming and rightfully so. He was not doing this in front of the client because he had to deal with this issue many times before. Yeah, he told me that he had talked to the company numerous times about the AC. So when you think about that, logically, that's kind of scary. If they're not willing to fix the air conditioning, what else aren't they willing to fix? That's a little bit of a safety issue to me. That's red flags to me. And by the way, I had stopped working for this company as well. The interesting part is you think it would be cool on the aircraft naturally because you're high up in the air and it's cooler, but it's actually not. At least on this plane, it wasn't. And I confirm that with my husband who knows the business really well and is in the business. And he said, yeah, he said, if the engine is not able to pull in cool air, and if that happens, yes, that cabin could be extremely hot. So that's what happened. So between the no AC and between the packs just being annoying, it was a disaster. It was a not a long flight. It was five and a half hours back to LA, and I just had to deal with it. Again, this was a situation where... Sometimes you're going to have these trips where you just count down the hours until the trip is done and you thank Lord baby Jesus when it's done because it is sometimes these people grate on your nerves with charter. You never know what you're going to get. So it happens occasionally. Everyone has a bad day at work. Everyone, I don't care who you are. Luckily, we were only going to LA and thank God, not all the way back to New York. Again, that was one of the last times I accepted a trip from that company. It was too weird about the AC. It was too weird how dispatch didn't seem to care. And I had another incident with this company I will talk about in another episode where dispatch basically left me stranded somewhere and could not have given less of a shit. I will talk about that in another episode. And that's that is what finally I said, I'm done. I am done. I've never seen behavior like this in my entire life. So anyway, we'll talk about that on another episode. 
So we are on story three. I once took a trip with the celebrated and powerful actor and now controversial figure Kevin Spacey to be transparent if you haven't heard (laughs) what he's been up to. Recently, I am going to read about him. TheCut.com says, in October 2022, Kevin Spacey testified in a New York court where he faced a civil trial related to sexual assault allegations levied against him by actor Anthony Rapp. In 2017, Rapp alleged that Spacey, who was starring in Netflix House of Cards at the time, had sexually assaulted him when he was 14. The jury sided with Spacey. He was cleared of all charges in the Anthony Rapp trial. Since Rapp came out with his accusation, over 30 men have come forward with accusations ranging from non-consensual groping to the attempted rape of minors. As of 2023, USA Today says actor Kevin Spacey has pleaded innocent to seven further sex offenses in Britain, which bring the number of charges the Hollywood star faces in the UK to 12. He now faces a dozen charges relating to four men between 2001 and 2013. His trial is due to start on June 6, 2023 and lasts for three to four weeks. I flew Kevin Spacey and his manager during his House of Cards fame. We flew him back to LA, if I remember correctly. We picked him up in Baltimore where House of Cards was shot. And please, I want to give this disclaimer to what I'm about to say. Please take yourself back to 2016 to 2017 when he was a major star. And please understand that I am a survivor of child sexual abuse. So I don't condone any of the alleged accusations. Saying all this, when I saw Spacey, I was surprised by how tall he is. He doesn't look that tall on camera to me. And I was surprised, I'm just going to be honest, well, how handsome he is. He's actually a really good looking guy. I find him on camera not very photogenic compared to seeing him in real life. And by the way, I felt the same about Bruce Willis when I met him. Spacey was quiet and respectful and he did not ask for much. His manager was a nice young man. Apparently, Spacey requested a bed setup, which we did not have, and a bed setup for his manager as well, which we did not have. No one had notified me or the pilots of these requests, and they were strange requests for a small plane. I believe he was on something like a Challenger 300, something around there. So saying that, that would have been a small plane and there would have been no bed set up, but I don't know. There was some miscommunication. Luckily, we had a pullout couch and I had a spare pillow and blanket, but that was it. Spacey was polite and he was fine. And I remember putting a blanket over him, not in a creepy way, and leaving him be, just leaving him to sleep. However, the manager was screwed because the seats really didn't recline and I didn't have any more bedding of any kind. So not even a spare pillow. The poor guy could not sleep sitting up. It was just he couldn't do it. And so he lay down in the aisle and I put a coat over him. I'm not even kidding. And I gave him something strange for a pillow. I think it was a hand towel from 
from the lav, not even a full-size towel. He was very kind and understanding and just dealt with it. I felt terribly for the guy. I still feel bad about it because he was such a nice guy, but there was nothing I could do. So it was a disaster, but again, it was out of my hands and I can't fix a miscommunication between Spacey's broker in the charter company if I never knew about it beforehand. Also, it wasn't an overnight flight, but they wanted to sleep the entire time, which is totally understandable. And we weren't at home base. If we were, I could have run in the storage room and got all the bedding last minute. Telling this story, I'm confounded as to why the jet didn't have any extra pillows or blankets because that's strange. Just to have one pillow and one blanket that's bizarre. Then during the flight, the one pilot tried to demand that I ask Spacey if we could take photos with him, which I said no. The pilot said, but you're the one who has a connection with him. You're the one who's working with him. And I said, I'm sorry, you can do whatever you want, but no, because that's a huge no-no in corporate aviation. And sometimes you get pilots who will get away with it I've heard that if you're flying with a celebrity or a band on tour and you build a rapport with them, that that can happen. But otherwise, no, especially from the little I saw of Kevin Spacey's personality, who's very quiet. Uh, He hardly said anything, which I love about (laughs) that situation. And he wasn't engaging. He wasn't, you know, he didn't walk onto the plane and say, hey, how are you? Blah, 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 trying to have a conversation. He just wanted to be left the hell alone. And when you think about it, he has every right to do that because he's probably been up filming since uh, his call time was probably three in the morning or something. And he just wants to be left alone. He's been bombarded by people all day long. So I understood that. And I don't know why I remember this. It's so strange. But I remember we picked him up at something like 2 p.m. on a Friday. So I imagine if we picked him up that early, his call time must have been extremely early. So I understand where Kevin Spacey was coming from at that point. I know many people won't like this, but my experience with Kevin Spacey in that specific professional situation was positive and I had a positive experience with his manager as well. So I hope you like some of my disasters and found them a little funny or at least a little interesting. Remember to check out the Corporate Flight Attendant book, A Brutally Honest Guide to Your Dream Job. I revised this book for 2023. I added a chapter on interview, cover letter, and resume. I expanded the day in the life chapter, and I updated salary and daily rate info. And I addressed the predictions I made for corporate aviation in 2020, especially with regard to COVID. And my CFA list bundle is now in the book. So I now sell it all as one product. The link is below in the show notes. If you bought the older edition of this book, I am happy to replace it for you for free. As long as you email me a record of when you originally bought it, I now have both the EPUB and PDF versions, which I can send you because some people just weren't getting the EPUB thing, which I understand. So you can get the PDF if you want as well. 
I am dropping the next episode on Friday, April 21st, 2023, where I am comparing our next large business jet. I've already talked about the G650 and the global, so I can't wait to hear what's next. I haven't decided. Until then, happy flying.